You know what really makes us mad is wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs. Yeah. Tell them about punk. What's up, posers? Welcome to Punk Live Pod. I am your co-host, Justin Hensley, and today we've got a little something special for you. So, at the last couple of years, we've asked a few friends to come on the show and to share their favorite records of the year, and this week we are doing the same thing, except we're going to release them as their own episodes. So, today, you are going to hear from our good friends, Adam Yo, who is a writer for No Echo. You're also going to hear from good friend, Corey frequent guest and friend, as well as Paul DiCiccio of Tor Johnson Records gives us his records for 2021. So, hope you enjoy it, and we'll do a couple more of these next week, but as of right now, here it is. So, I am here with Paul DiCiccio of Tor Johnson Records. Uh, Paul, how's it going? Going pretty good. We're in uh, year two of the plague, and um, so, so far so good, I guess. <laughs> you know it's funny i was just reading like this morning right before we recorded like oh everybody's talking about COVID again i was like god damn it we're fucking mm-hmm. back on <laughs> new wave uh, you, you know everyone get your surfboards here we go yeah i know it's just always <laughs> and i see people doing they're doing like the sky is falling thing again it's like well shows are probably gonna have to stop again i was like I mean, they didn't really stop this year, so I think mm-hmm. we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, yesterday or maybe two days ago, Rhode Island uh, instituted the new thing statewide where it's like all venues have to be capped at like 250 and all venues have to have vaccine or mask mandates. So it's like we're trying to not shut shit down, but we'll see. It's something that I mean, you know, at this point, you know, better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It just means now that bands will just have residencies <laughs> instead of uh, <laughs> one big show. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> it actually works out better in the long run. So. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'd rather pick my day of the week than have it locked right. in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, well, tell us, tell us what Tor Johnson's been up to this year. I know you've got a big project that's uh, currently in the works. It's not out yet, right? I have a massive project that has been announced, but is not out yet. So this year has been uh, slow if you're looking at it on the surface. Um, We had two releases early this year, uh, a split tape between Boston bands Bedtime Magic and Greylock, who finally had their record release show last night actually in Boston, but that came out in like January or February. Um, and then we finally saw the release of the There Were Wires uh, Sonambulates reissue. These, and um, if you go onto any of our social media right now, I've been doing like a band spotlight each day for all of the bands involved. Um, I personally uh, have not leaked what splits are what, who is with what bands. Although if you are a detective and go onto different bands' social media, you might be able to find that out. Ah, that's awesome. I know. I know a couple of the bands that you, you've. I've seen the ones you've announced, and then I think you told me one or two other ones that uh, a couple months ago that you got locked in. So uh, some fun, fun combinations there. That's uh, a lot of really cool stuff going on there. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's been really fun to to work with, and it's bands spanning tons of different genres, you know, similar to the label. So, uh, and I'm trying to split it up so that the shipments would be a louder band than a like softer band than a louder band than you know. So yeah, uh, you get a good mix throughout the year. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, so everybody go follow Paul on all the social medias. Uh, Tor Johnson, you're pretty much that on everything, right? Pretty much, yeah. Um, Tor Johnson Records or Tor Johnson. Yeah, I'll yeah. include links as well to that stuff. Well, cool. So you're actually my first one this year. Uh, right. that we're talking about your picks of 2021. Do you have any overall opinions on the year in music? You know, I have this issue every single year. Um, when I hear something that I like, it just goes into rotation. And by the end of the year, I forgot it actually came out that year because <laughs> it's just in rotation. Um, I personally have been listening to a lot more mellow stuff, a lot more, a lot more, uh, country folk, like sort of like style of thing, mostly because the world is on fire and I don't necessarily want to listen to loud music right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, that said, there are some awesome, amazing, loud records that have also come out this year. Um, I just find myself gravitating towards the softer end of things this year. It's funny. Uh, I found myself actually gravitating towards more like heavy and loud music this year. So really, it, all it's right. It's funny. It's funny how like people are in different like phases of uh, styles of music. Because like Dylan, <laughs> Dylan never listens to heavy music. Like he doesn't want to listen to hardcore or like. Huh. Any, he listens to random metal records occasionally, but like he's not super into hardcore currently. Okay. And it, it's funny. And I'm like, this is good. This is good. And he's like, yeah, it's good, but I don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> like that kind of. Yeah. 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 Which is like, it, it isn't, it's an interesting time for hardcore right now because I've, you're seeing a lot of bands blending a lot of genres and it is interesting, but like on my drive or like when I'm at home, I'm like definitely leaning more towards like the softer end of things. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, you sent me your list, and I've peeked a little bit of it here. So uh, what do you want to start with? Uh, I mean, I guess we might as well just run run it down. Sure. So the first record on my list was Born Against by Amigo the Devil. It was a quiet night down at the gaming hall. Doubled up on cocaine and Adderall The room full of smoke and the air so still That I choked when I raised up both of my hands to yell bingo I was looking around trying to track down who the biggest threat would be Seeing the fear in everybody's eyes and apparently it was me I guess I know why I've been coming here cleaning house for the past few weeks. I was B I N G I N G B I N G O. Not to be confused with Born Against the Band. From the uh, that, is the <laughs> name, that is the name of the record. Um, so, uh, Amiga the Devil plays like a very interesting form of like, I, I guess you could call it like dark folk, where it's like mostly him and an acoustic guitar, but like it's definitely leaning more towards like darker imagery used in like country stuff, like later or like early country stuff. And he's definitely, he's an amusing person. He puts a lot of like jokes in his songs. 
I was actually introduced to him. I met this wonderful, amazing uh, girl this year named Nikayla, and we send music back and forth. And she sent me a song of his called Cocaine and Able, which actually came out on the previous record. And like, definitely suggest listening to that. But then this record came out and uh, I really like a lot of the songs that said it's like, you can tell that the record is more just a collection of songs and not necessarily written as a record, if that makes sense. Yeah. I actually got a chance to see him twice this year on the same tour. Uh, I went out to Denver to uh, visit with Nikayla and he was playing and then saw him on the same tour when he came into Boston. And he referenced, like when playing some of the more, like I'll, I'll say like interlude, like funnier songs on the record, apparently those were written as a writing exercise during the pandemic where he was totally uninspired to write songs and mm-hmm. he would like force himself to write a song like every day. Yeah. So they're not all winners. But, <laughs> um, that, that said, uh, the ones that are good, I think are like really good. And uh, seeing him live definitely like solidified this record in my list. Like it was like on the fence until I saw yeah. him live. And he's like, He's a very captivating person, like all with the exception of like hip hop MCs. There's very few people that you can see actually hold a crowd in the palm of their hand. And he does. And it's like it's very impressive. It's I, I sampled a little bit of this record because this is one that wasn't on my radar at all. But listening to it, it was definitely a combination of a couple things. Like there's definitely a I'd say, yeah, like country folk is like probably the main at, you know lane that he's in but he brings in a lot of i don't know my little little glimpse of it it sounded like he brings in some more like freak folk and like psych elements mm-hmm. too totally and it's interesting because he actually has the jane doe face tattooed on his hand which oh, is nice. like it's it, it's an interesting sort of like melding of worlds if you will yeah, yeah that is interesting yeah it, yeah it's not like the first time i've heard of that though like oh like former hardcore punk dudes being in like acoustic folk country mm-hmm. projects, you know? Sure. Sure. That's, I mean, yeah, that's pretty common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely something I I was not familiar with, but uh, something a little bit different. I can always count on your picks to be things I don't expect to talk about on the show. If that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. And, you know, uh, if you look at the label or, you know, uh, things like that, you're like, oh, we're definitely we're going to talk about a folk country record. OK, yeah. interesting. <laughs> I know. Right. Because like a majority of your record label is what, like Screamo or like Sludge mm-hmm. or, you know, like that kind of heavy stuff for the most part. And yeah. 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 This list is pretty light on all that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what you got next? Uh, so next is actually staying in the same lane of hardcore punk kids making country music. Um, the Lucero record, uh, When You Found Me.
so similar to the Amigos record in the fact that like I feel like it's a mix of songs and like not really put together as like an album if that makes sense like the way it flows some of the songs are really awesome like I really love them some of the better lyrics that Ben Nichols has written but it's like a very interesting mix of like tones going mm-hmm. on yeah. where it makes me wonder if it was recorded like in pieces maybe across the pandemic because uh, there's some songs where like I don't know who decided to use this bass tone but there's like a weird like 80s Miami Vice bass tone like on like some of the songs it's kind of weird and then there's like a lot of acoustic songs and then there's some songs that have a super huge like E Street Band like springsteen vibe so it's like a weird mix where half the record almost feels like you know Tennessee era like Lucero and then the other half of the record feels like overproduced like Overton Park like era I, I don't know it's like but some of the songs on it are just Excellent. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big time Lucero fan, like probably top five artists of all time. Like I love their entire discography. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the weirdest records in their discography. Like, right. It's it does a lot of like the a lot of the acoustic stuff really remind me of the last record among the ghosts, because mm-hmm. like there's a lot of acoustic stuff on there. That sure, record sure. feels sort of like a concept album. I don't like, know that it necessarily is. Even this record, even too, still feels a little like a concept album. Sure. Maybe not so much like there's like a theme that runs through all the songs or like there's not like a story that is being told, but there's definitely like a tone or a a different sound that they're going for. They're they're they've entered this phase in their career too where it's just kind of like they could release the same record over and over again, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'd say it, the first two records pretty sound pretty similar to each other. Uh, that much further west and nobody's heroes sound pretty similar to each other. Nobody's heroes. Nobody's darlings. Okay. Nobody's darlings. <laughs> um, and then like yeah, they do thirteen seventy two and then women and workers similar. But then after that, it's just kind of like you know they did that one record where they were going for like that Warren Zevon type sound, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the next record was like them doing like a I. I called that one like a civil war record almost like, yeah, totally. And so then this one is kind of like with the artwork and like the more kind of experimental tracks on this record, it seems like they're going, it, I get very strong, like country artist in the eighties vibe with this album. Oh, totally. Where like country has sort of like changed from like the bad boy to like them. People are like trying to experiment as to what they can do. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's a very different record for them. And I, I fully expect that the, whatever the next thing they put out to probably sound completely different too. Like I don't, they don't seem to stay. I think that's the interesting part of this record as well is I feel like they experimented within the record. Like so mm-hmm. many of their records have like a certain feel the whole way through. Yeah. You know, yeah. like um, tonal wise, like uh, key wise, like it's it, um, put together that way where this record was like, kind of all over the place but i kind of love it for that reason because yeah. it's like not stagnant and yeah the, the songs are mixed in like i was mm-hmm. re-listening to it the other day and it's like acoustic song into like a super big song into like one of those like th- the songs with the with the bass tone i don't know why they like stand out to me um they're awesome songs but then like you have this like funk sort of like 
80s like phaser on the bass mixed with like the piano that just like has this vibe and it's like but it's not all the songs yeah there's one song in particular that sound you're talking about really stands out and i want to say it's maybe like the last track on the a side i think so yeah right before you flip it because it it when i listened to it on vinyl for the first time i got to that point and i was like what yeah well that's the (laughs) i i think that's like the first song that they use it on because they use it a bunch on the b side there's like a couple songs on the b side but on the a side it's like uh, just no, re- relatively normal, we'll say, quote unquote, Lucero songs, yeah. and then that song, and you're just like, "Whoa, where where did this come from?" Right. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting record. Um, it's funny. Like I've talked to Dylan and like some of our other friends who are big Lucero fans, and they don't like this one as much. But um, I mean, I, maybe... I I appreciate when an artist pushes themselves, and it's not bad. Yeah, it might not necessarily be what you expect it to be. But it's not bad. It's, right. it's a, they're good songs. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That was my thinking, too. Like, my thinking was, I think maybe the biggest weakness that the record have is maybe a sequencing issue. Like, maybe mm-hmm. I wouldn't start the album off with the two tracks that it starts off with. True, true. They're very slow songs, and there's two of them back to back. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is very true. Like, like an acoustic song next, too. And it's like, I don't know. I think I would have found something with a little more energy, maybe. But I don't know. They were probably setting the tone, too. So it's hard to say. Uh, I'm interested uh, next month, actually, in uh, the middle of January. I'm going out to Denver again, and Lucero and Amigo the Devil are actually playing at like, the same show. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I always love the way Lucero mixes in songs from all their records, but yeah. I'm really interested to see how they add these songs in. Yeah, because I've been seeing them live for a bunch of years now, and like they do. They always find a way to work in Everything. new songs. Yeah, yeah. It, is. it does feel like there's something from every record on there. They really sure. do. And uh, I, I always like how they in the middle, they'll do the like everyone else leaves and Ben just does his acoustic, acoustic, yeah, acoustic right. song. So it'll be <laughs> interesting to see how they mix in the songs off this record. Yeah, that'd be exciting. Yeah, I, need, I, I think they're playing around here next year, too. So I might nice. try and go see them. But awesome. Um, well, cool. Want to move on to your next pick there? Sounds good. So the next one is Dinosaur Jr.'s Sweep Into Space. record i find myself continually going back to it um it finally feels like dinosaur jr is back as a dinosaur jr like lou came back for the last one uh give a glimpse and like it was really good but you could tell he was still like finding his footing back in with the band 
you know, and like this one just it it just hits right, you know, like Lou is also such an amazing songwriter, and I feel like um farm and uh the other record when he wasn't when they came back, but Lou wasn't in the band hang on i'm I'm gonna find it so that way I know what I'm talking about farm and I bet on sky, so farm and I bet on sky when uh Lou wasn't back in the band. They were great, but they just felt like Jay Mascus bands. Like it's a Jay Mascus band. And this finally feels like Dinosaur Jr. Like back. You know, I've, I guess my Dinosaur Jr. ignorance is too big. Cause like I, I've never listened to any of their records. I've heard songs for sure, but like I've just never, they're, they're like a, a really big like touchstone musically for a ton of musicians. And then, and anybody's like, it's that Dino Jr. sound. And I'm like, I'll take your word for it. Because yeah, I never <laughs> know, really. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting, like, listening to them all together like this. Because, you know, Jay Mascus is Jay Mascus. Like, literally anyone that listens to indie rock will be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude with lots of pedals who, like, is fucking killer at shredding guitar. And, like, there we go. Lou Barlow is such an amazing musician and the things that he's able to do with his bass, like it fills out that band so much more and it gives so much more room for Jay to be Jay, you know? And like, um, it makes it way more interesting because now it's not just like your bass playing like your root notes while some dude shreds over it. Like this is like actually fully interesting music. And it's not just like somebody wanking on a guitar the whole time. Like not to say that Jay isn't amazing because he is, but um, you can tell that they finally like hit their stride back together. If you listen to that one and give a glimpse like back to back, um, you can tell that they're like, oh yeah, they've, they've been playing together. At, uh, like not only have they been playing together forever, but now they're like clicked back together. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, did this record get a lot of like attention when it came out? I feel I feel like it kind of like got swept away. Yeah. Like I feel like, so this came out earlier in the year. I want to say like April and like they, I think they, they did a massive tour around it, but then like, that was it. So yeah. I think like by like May or June, like no one was talking about it, Yeah, which is really too bad. Cause it's an awesome record, but that's also the state of media these days. Yeah. 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 There is funny how like artists will spend, years working on a record mm-hmm. and then like they'll do the singles you know dripping out some singles every, here and there and then when the record comes out then it's like big push for the record and then like yeah you push for the tour and support of the record mm-hmm. but then like after that it's like and now what do you do with your life <laughs> yeah <laughs> therein lies the question <laughs> yeah <laughs> are you touring nonstop? now i understand why <clears throat> musicians and like artists and like the 50s and 60s and 70s would release like two albums in a year you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like just record like two albums worth of material and be like all right here we go yeah <laughs> release them separately all right we get talked about twice this year uh, moving on moving on so a little bit of a switch up in the uh in the genre this is atop rock and blockhead released garbageology garbology
Hey. Pulled pork sliders, headed for Satori and jorts and horse blinders. I'm more for the sordid, got name for the normies. Cornered, my storm got plans for the Dorothy's. I storm all forts with my Gramps war stories. Short sword swinging like a dance floor in the 40s. My oars both row in the ocean of fringe science. The low rows on her are the most pinched lighters. I maybe got a thousand. My crane kick plays like a train through a mountain. My neck chop plays like blades on a frisbee. Old tally ho had the whole place in a dizzy as he with it. Big name wake made a windswept village. Visit where the simps get skittish. Some get a signal to the ships in a distance. Most get crickets. It's slim pickings. Folks say I'm difficult. Too stubborn. Funny, I'm real easy. Yeah, I'm bugging. I like we're gonna take barbology. Yeah, I think it sounds funnier too. I do too. <laughs> so I know last year I talked about ASAP Rock's uh, full length that he put out last year. I really like the direction he's been going. So obviously, when he was like. Early 2000s, if you listen to older block, uh, older Aesop Rock, he was all about like speed and like being as fast as possible, I guess. I mean, not as fast as possible, but like speed was definitely his forte. And he's been slowing down a lot more and like I feel like has been writing way better rhymes. And like it's he's concentrating on his lyrics more than like a gimmick of like yeah. rhyming fast. So that combined with blockheads producing it's like for those unfamiliar with uh like quote-unquote backpack like indie rap blockhead has this amazing knack for creating beats surrounding more melody than the actual beat like he will go find these like jazz licks and like classical licks and like create a beat around it and like the first track on the record i don't even know if there's drums i don't think there's drums like it's i don't know it's just really interesting and it's like one of the things that drew me as a punk kid as an indie kid to this style of hip-hop where it's not just like somebody making boom bap like beats it's somebody actually creating music and then awesome rhymes like over it and uh i think blackhead does an excellent job of that yeah there's like a couple different approaches to writing Hip hop, which I mean, it's like with every genre, so it perfectly yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. Why, like, like where some are more of like you've got producers or DJs or you know, like creating beats just mm-hmm. for the sake of creating beats, and then like, well, these are the beats I have. You want to do something with like that kind of thing when they find yeah, like yeah. a an MC or a rapper to go over it, or you know, then there's like the approach of like this where it's like constructing like a piece of. It's not to say that the other beats are not pieces of music, but, you know, like making more like a, a cohesive kind of like, I don't know, it could stand on its own uh, as uh. like a piece more so than something that's just like, yeah, it could stand on its own as a beat. But like, you know, you, it, it stands out more when there's rap over it. But um, right. It's like it's sort of the approach of like, uh, does it need the rap over? Right. It? Yeah, yeah. You know, or or is it like three minutes of the same loop over and over and over again? You yeah, know, right. Um, it's also, it's interesting. And I feel like, I don't, I don't know if they wrote it this way and I don't know if they like produce it this way, but some of the songs feel more like a band where like the two of them got together and created the track 
together. It's like, oh, all right, so if you do this kind of rhyme over this, then this will work, and then we'll switch it to this. And it's like, it, I feel like a lot of hip-hop is people on their own. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. the, the producer creates the beat and gives it to the rapper, and the rapper raps over it. Right. You know? Right. And, like, this definitely has a much more cohesive feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like, different ways to do different things. So, like, of course, there's totally. completely, completely different methods of recording rap as well. Of course. But yeah, yeah, there's definitely something a little bit more organic sounding. Mm-hmm. Does, it, does mm-hmm. that make sense? Totally. There's more. I feel like there's more interplay yeah. with the music and the rap. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Actually, to, to stay on the same subject, uh, I'm going to skip over one and, and go okay. to the next one on my list. Yeah. So not, not, the, not the other side of the coin, because like I would say they're like, maybe a different part of the same side of the coin, if you will. <laughs> um, Zarface and MF Doom released Super What? Okay. 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 Soul surviving. Dude so conniving. Never stop driving. They pussy like a... Don't let them sit behind you when you're driving. Might even think you're talking about them when you're rhyming. Or to keep the toolie in the lining. Or to thank the good Lord that you ain't the type to line them. Ain't nobody in business. Why they always spying? Type of shit is this. Find nothing, get the lying. Turn the world against you, even your men's buying. It's a dirty game, getting hectic, real tiring. Top it off, now they playing victim in a violin. Dripping the color envy, more greener than Ireland. Surrounded by snakes, more meaner than the lion's den. You're talking too much. Can't remember why or when. Got you feeling guilty, Jedi tricks on the mind again. They can eat a dick with chips, hit a Heineken. Action, action, action. As I continue action. where we left off. As I continue where we left off, action. As I continue where we left off, the rebel of villain, the rebel of people saying Zaw like and this ended up being MF Doom's final release before he passed. Um, for those of you who don't know who Zarface is, um, Zarface is a Boston indie rap duo, Seven L and Esoteric, uh, combined with Wu Tang's Inspect the Deck. Um, so being from new england and like getting into the like late 90s 2000s like indie rap scene uh 7l and esoteric were like pretty huge 7l is the producer esoteric is the is the rapper and they were definitely like bigger act within the scene and so then they sort of disappeared when like the indie rap bubble sort of popped in like the you know late 2000s and so they've come back as our face and it's awesome it's like it's so good it's definitely i don't want to say grittier because it's still mf doom who loves to like have fun with his rhymes but it's it's more rap than indie hip-hop if that makes sense but one of the things i love about all bizarre face stuff and like this record in particular is they love to use comic book and sci-fi themes throughout their records like all of their records are comic book covers. The idea is that Zarface is like a villain and like all their, their, it's fun. It's like, it sounds like kind of more gritty hip hop a little bit, but it's all fun lyrics. It's all just like, it's just cool to see. And, uh, and I do fucking killed it on this record. Like it was amazing. Did this come out before he died or after? This came out like, like right at the same time oh it was one of those like yeah i feel like it was like they were right on top of each other yeah 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 they were like less than a week apart and i don't remember which one came first honestly but um i remember too though like 
he was gone for like a month before they even like told anyone too, which yeah. was yeah, 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 which is crazy. So I guess they, I don't, I, like, I don't know, I don't remember the exact chronological, but it was like right on top of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a he was a massive icon and mm-hmm. hip hop, two thousands hip hop especially, kind of never really like crossed that super mainstream appeal. Mm-hmm. But he definitely was one of those guys that, like, if you were deep into rap, you knew who he was. And, like, totally, his influence was super, super felt in every, you know, all levels of hip hop. So, yeah, yeah, kind of a wild. I mean, it kind of fits with his whole personality and <laughs> gimmick throughout so, his career anyway. So this is actually the second record that they teamed up on. They did one years ago called uh, Zarface Meets Metalface, <laughs> which was also awesome. It was uh this one seemed like it was more, I don't want to say celebratory, that's not the right word, but like Zarface meets Metalface was like, like as if they were super villains fighting each other. Right. And Super What was more like if they teamed up. Yeah. You know? And like, it was, it was definitely a cool vibe and like, kind of a, I, I hate to say a cool record to go out on, but like, you know, it's, it's, it was a cool vibe for that. Yeah. I, yeah, what is the word? Like, there's a word here that I'm like, not fitting, but I would say fitting because, like, yeah. it, the the whole concept of the records and the project in general was like definitely went along with MF Doom's whole persona that he mm-hmm. like created, you know. Um, so I, I do feel like it was sort of a fitting record. Yeah, yeah, a good like kind of summation on mm. him as a as a rap personality. Yeah. Totally. He, he's one of those guys who like did he created like a persona he did more um, so than a lot of other rappers tend to i forget what group he was in but he was in a group in the 90s like pre-mask and like they got pretty big and when he decided to come back to rap he but he was like i'm gonna put a mask on so no one knows that it's me yeah I mean, yeah i like and I then you, you get more freedom too like there's like expectations aren't there to be mm-hmm. like a certain way but yeah exactly exactly important figure that he was in the hip-hop world well, which direction you want to go now, since you kind of uh, hopped over? Uh... I might as well do the one I skipped. Okay, Why not? makes sense. Yeah, so uh, Couplets LP1, or Couplets, singular. We're moving fast Cinder Mice and drowning in the dregs We've tendency Of kicking all our feet And churning cream for someone else's tea So Couplet is Evan Weiss from a million fucking bands, mostly into it over it. Um, he, along with the drummer of Pet Cemetery, um, teamed up with Tanner from You Blew It and made this wonderful, wonderful, like mellow, 
I, I hate to say dream pop, but like just a really good record. It's totally like American football that uh, like death cab, postal service, like worship. It's like super mellow. And it's, I end up playing this record often. Um, I started working like a day a week at a record store, mostly. So I have taxes on the, on the books when, uh, when I go to claim everything from the print shop. And <laughs> I, I, I put this on in the background at the store often, like a good mellow, like vibe. Um, and I mean, with the people in this band, like you knew it was going to be good. There was no way it was not going to be good. Is, uh, you said you didn't want to mention dream. You didn't want to call it dream pop is, um, can I coin a term now? Uh, yeah, is, yeah, do it. Is Dreamo a thing? Oh, it is now. <laughs> it is now. Uh, Evan and Tanner, if you are listening right now, you are now Dreamo. <laughs> you know, that's where we're at. I'm, I'm, expecting, I'm expecting big things from LP2. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, this will be one of those things where it's like, Everybody calls them that, but they don't like the term. So they'll, yeah, they'll yeah, never yeah, use yeah. yeah, like all the bands who start that sound that gets the term applied to uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, do we just do we just relate couplet to Fugazi? Is that what just happened? Is that what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, who has this stuff like that? There's always somebody. It's like, yeah, always. we don't we, we rejected that term. It's like, yeah, well, too bad. That's what we call you. <laughs> sorry, sorry, bud. <laughs> Did, oh. Is somebody else in You Blew It doing something? Is it like a producer now? God. Maybe. I've lost track of so many of those dudes. Like, I know Andy is in Dikembe now. Yeah. Uh, Tanner is doing this and then also owns a coffee shop. And then I do not know what the other dudes are doing. I feel like I just read about a member of You Blew It, like, being involved in a, a record I just researched, like, this week. I want to say they're... The drummer they had when they broke up, who uh, I forget his name, super nice dude, super tall, has a mustache. <laughs> um, he, I think he was doing recording. Yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah, there's somebody in the band recording. Yeah. Something. Oh, one of the guys is in that band, Cathedral Bells. Oh, interesting. Former You Blew It member, Matt Misor. Uh, that was the drummer. Yeah, that was him. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cathedral Bells is pretty good. They're kind of like... Um... 80s kind of like post-punk with huh. like lots of like echoey kind of reverb nice. little gothy pretty cool I'll check it out yeah cool. it's funny it's fun to make those connections yeah <laughs> a couple more for you what yeah so so uh we're gonna end with a couple couple louder ones i am going to let slip here a wonderful little connection that will only be for you viewers at home slash <laughs> listeners at home um <laughs> I said earlier that I have not let slip in social media as to what any of the splits are in the subscription series. These next two bands are one of the splits Whoa. in the series. <laughs> ah. So, uh, to start it off, uh, My Fiction's Time in Immorial.
I wanted I wanted to put out of my fictions record for a long ass fucking time, and then they broke up. Um, and they so they used to play with Weak Teeth all the time. Used to see them on the regular. They came back basically with this EP and have played, to my knowledge, one show. It was really fun. They were awesome. Came back as a three piece, and it's it's like they picked up where they left off. My Fictions was always a, a really interesting band, in my opinion, where two of the members are like hardcore kids. The drummer is in like was in a death metal band at the time. Like there, there's all of these genres sort of surrounding the band, and I feel like they always, I don't want to say push those influences down, but they always like were very particular in terms of how they wrote. And I feel like this EP, they finally like opened up to the fact that as individuals, they have a lot of different genres. They have a lot of different influences and um, it really shows it's, it's a really cohesive EP and it uh, it's just really, really fucking good. Yeah. They were one of those bands that were part of the emo revival, you know, late 2000s, early 2010s. Mm-hmm. They were like one of the screamo bands because, you know, there were there was the two halves of the emo revival with like the mathy Kinsella inspired stuff. And then like the revival of like more like screamo bands with like, you know, La Dispute and, uh, you know, Touche Amore and all those bands. Mm-hmm. So like my biggest like touchstone for my fictions was their split with the saddest landscape. Like that was probably my introduction yeah. to them. That's a, that's a great split. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I fucking love saddest landscape. What are they doing these days? <laughs> uh, who knows? <laughs> They're one of those bands that it's like they could like put out you know an EP next year and everybody be like, ah, oh, cool, like you're, you're uh-huh, back, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, my my fictions like I was not really paying too much attention to them back then because it was like Dylan and I have talked about like we had like emo revival burnout by the mm, time that sure. they were kind of like having their kind of descent or yeah, yeah. ascent, okay. yeah, and. uh so like I kind of missed them like the first go round. So like listening to this when you sent it to me, I was like, oh shit, I hadn't thought about them in a while. Like you know, and uh, they're heavier than I remembered them being. They they are, and I feel like that's them leaning into those other influences. You yeah. know, like I I do feel like this record is it's a lot heavier. It's definitely it. This is going to be a weird thing to say because of obviously the state of the world, but it feels like a pandemic record. It feels yeah. like they're putting a shitload of emotion into the CP. It's heavy. The drumming is, Seamus's drumming is insane on it. Uh, he, he's always been an amazing drummer, but I feel like he really let himself lean into the fact that like, oh yeah, dude, I was in a death metal band. <laughs> like, yep, it's true. <laughs> I wonder if part of that is like, because that death metal band I assume is done, right? Like they haven't done much. Uh, they are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it probably becomes this like, well, now I need a heavy outlet, and this is mm-hmm. the project I'm mm-hmm. working on. Let's throw some of that in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally. <laughs> he, he, he always like threw little things in, but I'm just like, oh man, you just did a whole part with blast beats. All right, okay, all right. <laughs> I love scre- I love screaming with blast beats. And... <laughs> <It's> insane. <laughs> so the second band, uh, which you know, for those of you paying attention at home, will be on the other side of the split with my fiction, is Dreamwell's Modern Grotesque. Search for any sign of 
local band. So they are, they put on an amazing show, but I feel like this record um, really captures what in my opinion is, is going on with a lot of the, I hate, to, I hate to say younger bands. Like I hate to be an old man about it, but I'm going to be um, people in their like mid to late twenties at this point, um, because they have grown up within the digital age. I feel like a lot of bands, younger bands are drawing from so many influences, so many more than like younger bands when I was younger um, because the, the access to every type of genre is readily available. And so I love that you can listen to this record and be like, oh, crazy, that's like a shoegaze part. Oh, crazy, there's like a weird twinkly emo like sort of like intro here. Like it's it keeps it really fresh and it's a really refreshing way to see the genre done. Um, do like people band, bands doing that like louder, like screamo-y stuff. It's, uh, it's really cool. Yeah, this is one of those records that I, I already had like on my overall list for the year so mm-hmm. this is one that i was really familiar with it's one of those ones too that was like it's probably stayed on my list like when it came out it was probably on my list for a good couple months but then just barely got edged out of my like ridiculous top 200 that i mm. keep running <laughs> all year long <laughs> so it like it just got bumped off but like re-listening to it today i was like does it need to be bumped off maybe i should bump it back onto the list mm-hmm. and uh, uh you're right it is it's like i guess the overall genre would probably be screamo but there's yeah there's shoegaze there's that like failure and hum style Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. heavy space rock there's some dreamy elements like there's a lot of stuff going on on this record and yeah listening to it when it first came out i was like this is good and like yeah you're right it is it does seem like it's more of like younger listeners who have more access to more styles of music than ever before Mm-hmm. all right. figuring out how to mash it in one band and then making it work like yeah. that's the other part that like like i've I've heard plenty of young bands that like want to mash up stuff and it just sounds like they're mashing stuff up like yeah. the the way they're able to draw from all of these influences and actually make a cohesive song and a good song mm-hmm. like it's it's impressive yeah because yeah we've all seen those bands where it's very clearly everyone in the band got to write their own song and, and they all want to mm-hmm. play a different kind of music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this isn't one of those situations. This is just more of a, how do we work in like this riff that I came up with that fits this sound into our overall sound. So yeah, it's a really yeah. creative sounding record. It's also a really cohesive record. Mm-hmm. Like it flows from start to end really well. Um, drawing from all those influences nothing sounds out of place right which like that is that's a talent that's like i i know plenty of people my age can't do (laughs) i know right (laughs) (laughs) uh and you had some like runners up as well i have a couple honorable honorable mentions mentions, i guess is how we phrase that um so the first one and this is massive for me, and I, this is stretching the rules, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> is uh, the entire Karate discography. So uh, Karate has never had their stuff online. Um, their stuff has been out of print forever and stupid expensive. And they worked out a deal with Numero Group, and so all of their discography has. I think at this point, maybe there's like a couple records that haven't yet. 
uh, are all on Spotify, are all online. Um, they're starting to get repressed. And Karate and Jeff Farina in general, like, holds a very special place in my heart. Um, as a former band geek, their, like, super jazzy approach to indie rock was, like, just made me super happy all the time. I got to see them, like, twice. Uh, Jeff played the record store that I used to own, like, um, so it makes, it makes me super happy to have their stuff available slash released this year. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and not to give away something we've been talking about with you for a while now uh, <laughs> involving this band. Uh, there was a point where we were like, oh, none of their stuff's online. And uh, <laughs> now this makes it much easier to <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. get through. Uh, so there, there's a large possibility you might hear me on another episode in 2022 is basically what we're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if if you're familiar with the formats of the show, I'm not giving anything away, but uh, if you like discographies, this is uh, might be one <laughs> that we tied to it. So we'll save that for later. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was always the hard thing about them. It was always like, what? I, in the airplane or in the aquarium, whatever those like oh, comp yeah, yeah, yeah. or EPs, that's like the only thing that you could find for the longest time. Which like, you know, for a band that I love so much, weakest record. That is the weakest record. It's half Minutemen covers. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, like I, I appreciate that it exists, but <laughs> no thanks. Uh, my second honorable mention is uh, God PD Black Emperors. Uh, I God's P at State's End, yeah. uh, and I absolutely love Godspeed a lot. I really do. I always have, and this record is awesome, but it's just it's kind of forgettable like it doesn't really stick with me as much as some of their other ones and with their more recent releases i've purposely not listened to it online until i can have it in in hand and listen to it in hand and they did that same thing that they did um i think it was with luciferian towers where it's like you're supposed to listen to it as like one side of an LP, then one side of a 10 inch, then the other side of the LP, then the other side of the 10. And I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to listen to the record then I'm going to listen to the other record and it's going to, I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> that said that my opinion of this record may completely change. They're coming through in April. And so I assume they're going to play it front to back because that's what they've done the last couple of times they've toured. So my opinion of this record may completely change in April. But at this point, it's a great record. But like, I don't know. It doesn't need to be on the list. If they do play it, they'll probably play it in the order that you were meant to be listening to it. And then you'll finally get the true experience of what it was supposed to be. (laughs) And and then I'll be like, oh, it's great. Wonderful. (laughs) Why did I do it wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then I have have one more uh, honorable mention as well. Christine, my uh, my partner, if you are not aware, runs a wonderful podcast and has been on this podcast uh, where she talks about ska music and how wonderful mm-hmm. it is. And the Catbite record that came out this year is absolutely amazing. So Catbite's record, Nice One, is really, really, really good. Um, I... I couldn't have I couldn't put it on the list because I personally have only listened to it a couple times. I haven't listened to it obviously as much as she has. But their version of you could call it like 
more punk inspired rock steady than you could ska. Like they just have like such a good vibe on their songs. And it's really, it's good to hear ska. That's not third wave worship. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, there's so many great bands coming out right now that are really able to mix the traditions of ska, the traditions of like rock steady and reggae with punk and with a newer vibe that doesn't come off as real big fishy. If, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, so I guess it's similar to how we were talking about Dreamwell, like where you have people who are, have access to the entire history of a genre and history of music and are able to really make it their own and make, makes for a really good record. Oh yeah. This, this is one of my like favorites of the year too. Like Scott has had a great year. Actually, this has been a really strong year for Scott records. And, uh, yeah, I, I call Cat by Scott, but yeah, they probably borrow more from like the 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 rock steady reggae side of things. They're definitely yeah. a more like soulful approach to their totally like R and B inspired approach. Which I believe uh, we uh, I talked about the first Cat Bite record with Anne Lepore this year on the show, mm. and one of the things was I think she's like a jazz vocalist, like mm. college graduate, like that's what she got yeah, a degree yeah. in. And it really shows in her style of singing. So I I love, I I really love that. I love that. Like if you've ever heard of the Frighteners who were put out by like Daptone, um, it, or like super old studio one stuff, like the original, like Bob Marley and the Whaler stuff. It's super soulful. It's like, like, yeah, there's upstrokes and yeah, it's like reggae, but like there's so much R and B inspiration and it's cool to see a band drop from more uh, of the upbeat like Motown stuff where like mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of the R and B inspiration quote unquote that you hear in older ska is like drawing from like crooners and like sort of like more low energy soul. Yeah. And like to hear someone like be like, nah, but like what if we took like that super high, high energy, like awesome R and B soul stuff and then combine it with, with like reggae rock steady. Yeah. But, yeah. Yes, please. Dap Daptone is a good like you could put this record out on Daptone Records. Hundred percent. And it would 100%. work. Hundred percent. Yeah. Their discography. Yeah. That that's actually a good comparison there. Yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the best of the year for sure. But uh, yeah. I think that'll do it for us today. Uh, My twenty twenty one. Yeah. Thank you so <laughs> much for doing this. I, I always love My having pleasure. you on for these. My pleasure. Yeah. This was great. It was. Uh, uh, always a challenge trying to remember what actually came out this year. <laughs> yeah, I um, I I have made it my goal in the last like couple years, uh, to just like keep track of my listening throughout the year, mm. and it winds up this year I've listened to 500 plus records that came out this year, so uh, <laughs> counting EPs and you know stuff sure, like sure. that. But um, I have to keep track of it, or I will 100% forget what I listened to. So yeah, that's that's the thing is like. I'll be like, oh, this record came out. That's awesome. Let's let's check it out. And then I'll just like add it, like get the plus sign, like it goes into my rotation, ends up in my daily mixes, you know, or like, you know, the the records on the shelf and I'll be like, oh yeah, I love this record. Let me put it on. It doesn't matter when it came out. I love yeah. that record. I'm going to put it on. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's how I treat my vinyl collection. It's like, it's not a year specific thing. It's just like, these are my records. I like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm listening to exactly. it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, uh, everyone. Go follow Tor Johnson on all the all the things online, and uh, stay tuned for the. Uh... Um, 
pre-orders are up. I don't know when this is going to go out. It, it, they might be sold out. Who knows? Um, right now we're at like a little bit less than 20 available. Um, if you are listening to this and it is sold out and there's certain ones you want, the, each band is going to get super limited amounts. So keep an eye on band socials and you can buy direct from them each one. Um, and keep your eye out for some other fun surprises coming out throughout the year. Awesome. Well, thank you, Paul. Thanks, Justin. We'll see you in 2022. Sounds good.